Recent events in Washington, D.C. have once again disclosed the gruesome nature of abortion. These events have demonstrated the powerful tactic of displaying victim imagery in the public square. For decades, pro-lifers have debated whether these images change public opinion. The fact is the evidence is overwhelming. Social reformers have never been successful in outlawing injustice by covering it up. Activist Radio, the Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to our work and the radio program by going to either createdequal.org or markharringtonshow.com. Click on the donate link, and that will give you an opportunity to support our organization and the ministry uh, financially. Also, you can pick up the podcast 24-7. It's available on all the popular podcasting Platform. So today we're going to do something a little bit different here on the program because of recent events in Washington, D.C. that I've been talking about on the radio program and my social media. Uh, That is the discovery, if you will, or I should say retrieval of aborted babies from the sidewalk of the Washington Surgery Clinic, a late term abortion center. Uh, That news broke a couple of weeks ago, and I've been talking about the implications of that. Uh, when it comes to our pro-life efforts. And today I want to talk about the issue of social reform and victim imagery. Now, this is something that we use here at Created Equal. We use abortion victim photography and prenatal photography and video to make our case against abortion. So I'm going to take some time today, uh, which I don't normally do, and and give this a little bit more uh, attention, if you will. And so What I want to start out is give you a a passage from Scripture that I think makes our case quite well, and that is that we need to bother people to get them to think. Injustice is typically ignored by the dominant culture. That is, if, if the culture is complicit in the injustice, like abortion, for example, or in the past with racism, they tend to not want to hear about it or talk about it, so they ignore it. Well, Jesus dealt with this when he shared a parable, and it was the parable of the persistent widow, or you could call the unrighteous judge. And this is found in Luke chapter 18, verses 2 through 8. And it says here, he said, that is Jesus, in a certain man, a certain town, sorry, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town that kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary, she said. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow bothers me, and this is the key point, bothers me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he not be putting them off? I tell you, he will see that the justice is served and quickly. However, the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so the point of this passage is that 
It was the fact that the persistent widow kept bothering the unrighteous judge that he basically acquiesced to her demands. Over and over again, she kept putting the issue before him and he eventually gave in uh, just because he was tired of her bothering him. And I think in many respects, that's how social reform works in a culture that's complicit. Uh, you have to bother people in order to get them to think. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, made the point of this in his famous letter from the Birmingham jail, where he wrote about nonviolent direct action. He said this, nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and foster such a tension that a community which constantly has refused to negotiate it is forced to confront the issue. It seeks to dramatize the issue so that it can be no longer ignored. And so Dr. King was following in the whole kind of idea here that uh, Jesus was talking about in the parable of the persistent widow and the unrighteous judge in that people need to be bothered in order for, th some, for change to take place. He talked about creative tension, creative tension. That's what Created Equal does when we take abortion victim photography to college and high school campuses. And so what I'm going to do here in the coming uh, minutes here is kind of lay out the case for the use of a, a victim video or imagery or still photographs, whatever you wish, uh, and how that has played a part in social reform historically. And I hope to get to some of the hard uh, arguments against the use of this uh, type of tactic, which we commonly hear within the pro-life movement and without the movement. So the first example I'd like to share is the case of child labor in America. Lewis Hine in 1906 was hired by the National Child Labor Committee to uh, sponsor a traveling photo exhibit, which he called the Breaker Boys. And this was a, an image, a photograph, that showed ch children working in the coal mines where they would separate the coal from shale. And because of that, they came down with sicknesses. And this picture kind of depicts that situation and had a lot to do with the changing of child labor laws in America. Uh, we know about PETA, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, who are against mistreating animals. Animal rights activists often use victim imagery uh, when it comes to making their case uh, in the killing of seals, for an example. Uh, these types of images have historically been used, and PETA is very effective in using these to change public opinion on the treatment of animals. Anti-war, um, commonly anti-war movements have used uh, photography to change public opinion. This photograph is in, was shot in 1968. For those who are following on uh, my video uh, stream, in Saigon, this photograph was taken in 1968 after a North Vietnamese forces started the Tet Offensive, which was the turning point in the war. And the man pictured here with the handgun against the other man was a South Vietnamese. He was on our side, supposedly. And he shot this helpless prisoner. This had a lot to do with changing the tide on the Vietnam War. So that's anti-war. What about genocide? What about genocide? Uh, the death camps in 
Nazi Germany. Here's a photograph of the uh, a picture of the death camp Buchenwald after liberation, where Dwight David Eisenhower was a general for the U.S. Army, actually made sure that there were photographs and video taken of the death camps when they were liberated. And in this photograph, he made certain that they actually staged the photo by piling Jews up so it looked like cordwood. Uh, this image, along with others, has it has had a lot to do with educating people on uh, the Jewish Holocaust. Um, and uh, interesting enough here, we, we get uh, criticized for staging our photographs of abortion victims. Well, this is what Dwight, Dwight Eisenhower had uh, photographers do as well. So that's that's genocide. Uh, the war on terror, need I say, the 9-11, if it weren't for the fact that we actually watched live videos of the airplanes crashing into the towers, that there would not have been a consensus to go into Iraq or go into Afghanistan. We fought a 20-year war because of that. So, I mean, again, that, that had a lot to do. Just think about it. If 9-11 happened without video, there would not have been the response that we saw. Government is involved in using victim photography or graphic images to make their point. Uh, there are smoking ads that are now being put on the outsides of cigarette uh, packages that depict what can happen to you if you smoke. Uh, and the idea here is that you can have a heart attack, you have lung cancer, and they take these photographs and actually put them on the fronts and sides of the uh, of cigarette packages in order to make their case. So even the government, the FDA and the CDC are using graphic uh, ads to make their case. Uh, need I remind you of the riots of 2020 that were precipitated by the killing of George Floyd? Now, I'm not going to get into all of that, but the bottom line is if it weren't for the fact that we had an eight minute video of this police officer with his knee on the neck of George Floyd. Do you think we would have had the riots? Probably not. Not that I'm saying I'm, I'm not siding with Black Lives Matter, uh, to say the least here, but it certainly had much to do with the current uh, atmosphere regarding racism in America. So that, 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 along with a lot of other imagery, has been used. And I think one of the key ones when it comes to civil rights is the story of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was a young boy, he's 15 years old, lived in the Chicago area and convinced his mother to go to uh, his uncle's house in Money, Mississippi for the summer. And Emmett visited the local store. It's reported that he made some inappropriate comments to a white female clerk. Uh, just to go through this story very quickly, he was dragged out of his uncle's home, his great uncle's home. Uh, in the middle of the night, beaten beyond recognition, murdered, and then a gin fan was tied around his neck and he was thrown into the Tallahatchie River uh, because of what he said to this white female clerk. Uh, this made national news, but the thing that really made the difference was the reaction of his mother, maybe Mamie Till. When it came to the funeral, the coroner in Money, Mississippi, wanted to nail shut the uh, the casket that contained the body of Emmett Till. And of course, she she fought back and refused to allow that to happen. 
and she had an open casket funeral in Chicago where 50,000 people visited the, uh, the, the, the casket, the funeral, and photographs were taken of Emmett Till in the casket and, and used in periodicals like Jack Magazine and other places. And these images changed America forever when it came to civil, civil rights. Mamie Till was asked why she would show the battered and beaten body of her son uh, and that they thought maybe this was inappropriate. Of course, we hear that today with abortion imagery. And she said because she wanted to shame America. She needed America needed to see what uh, the what people in the South did to her son. This was a catalyst that changed America and the direction of the civil rights movement. If you don't believe me, uh, uh, Rosa Parks spoke of this in the in a book that she, it was uh, written then about the story of Emmett Till, and she said that uh, in the book that Rosa Parks, who, as we all know, uh, would refuse to give up her seat on the bus, uh, and she refused to obey the bus driver because of the story of Emmett Till. So she gained courage because of the of the actions of Mamie Till and displaying the beaten body of Emmett Till. So this is one of many uh, types of situations or, or examples of how victim imagery has been used to bring about social reform. It's always been used in successful social reform movements. There's not one that we can even look to in which social reformers covered up the evidence of injustice uh, it just doesn't work that way. So you would think to yourself that if it worked in all of these situations, it would also work in the abortion battle, right? Well, in some cases, people think yes, but others say no. And we hear people within the pro-life movement and without the pro-life movement saying they do no good, that they do more harm than good. And so what I want to do is take a few minutes and deal with each one of these objections to the use of uh, abortion victim photography and video in the fight to uh, reform abortion laws. Uh, so one of them is this, and that is by taking these images and putting them on signs or holding them in the public square or using them on a video screen like a jumbotron, that somehow we are violating the dignity of that unborn baby. Uh, we hear that from pro-lifers. We hear that from pro-abortion advocates alike. And here's my answer to that. Really, the truth is what, what uh, violated the dignity of that unborn baby is not the photograph that was taken of him or her. It was the fact that they were aborted in the first place. That's when the injustice took place. That was the violation of the dignity of that human being who was created in the likeness and image of God. Not the fact that it, the photograph was taken of him or her. It was the abortion itself that violated the dignity of that child. And I would say that actually these images reattach, if you will, the dignity that was lost during the abortion procedure because these photographs provide us a clear picture that these babies are babies and that abortion is an act of violence that kills a baby. They reattach the dignity that was lost during the abortion. And in my view, 
it's probably the most uh, dignified thing you could do for an unborn baby, short of burying them, a proper burial, proper Christian burial, is to actually have their lives count for something other than just their death and, you know, put into an incinerator. That doesn't count for anything. Now their lives speak, as the Bible talks about how how the blood can cry out for the from the ground for justice. These images do that. These children's lives were not lost in vain if we use their victim imagery to change minds and hearts, to save other babies, their lives were not taken in vain. So that's one of them, that, it, that these images violate the dignity of the unborn baby. Another argument we get from uh, people who don't agree with us on the use of victim photography and video for abortion uh, reform is that we should only use positive images. Pictures of prenatal babies or born babies. You see these uh, by the side of the road often, right? In big placards and, and billboards by the side of the road, they'll show a born child and say something about how abortion's wrong. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but they're not a replacement for the use of victim imagery. Uh, it, that would be like saying, in order to teach people about the Jewish Holocaust and the death camps and the carnage and the genocide that took place, we would only show pictures of born Jews at a bar mitzvah or something like that, or children celebrating at, at a, or playing in a, uh, a Jewish children playing on a playground or something like that. They can have a place in communicating that the Jews Jews are people no question, just as prenatal imagery can make the case that unborn children are persons and, de and, and deserve rights of personhood. This is true. But we have to show the other side of it, and that is that killing Jews is immoral and evil and diabolical, that it's a genocide, that it's Holocaust. It's a Holocaust. Without those pictures of the death camps, we would not know. Uh, we would not know. And so it's true with Abortion. You can teach that the unborn are human using victim or, or using prenatal imagery, but you also got to teach that abortion is an act of violence that kills a baby. And the only way to do that is through victim imagery. The reason why people opt to use positive images or prenatal images over abortion victims uh, imagery is simply because they don't want to take the heat that comes when you display them. Period. You know, you're not going to be liked by a lot of people. In fact, you're going to be hated if you show these. Uh, we, we, we know that we're constantly being uh, harassed. Uh, our signs are being vandalized. We're being threatened, uh, sometimes harmed because we dare to show the truth to a culture that is complicit in the abortion holocaust. So it's my view that People who don't want to use victim photography, for the most part, are doing are, are not doing so simply because they want to be liked. They want to be popular and they think by being popular, they can be successful in outlawing an injustice like abortion. I can tell you this. That ain't going to happen. No social reformer worth his salt, his or her salt historically has ever been liked. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was martyred for what he did. That's how well liked he was. And we could go down through the ages and talk about all the different people 
who took a hard stand against injustice and how they fared. So let's move on. How about post-abortive individuals? People will say, Mark, if you display these victim images in the public square, you're going to have post-abortive parents who are going to get upset because they, they committed abortion themselves. Well, the truth of the matter is that may happen. Uh, I'm not so sure that's a bad idea or a bad thing because we want people to come to repentance for what they've done. And if they don't, they will repeat the same behavior again. Uh, we understand that 40% of all abortions are repeat abortions. So if I could, if I show an abortion image to a post-abortive parent and that prevents them from killing their baby, again, another child, then it's worth it, even if they got upset at me. I mean, I, I'll trade that any day. I'll trade the, you know, being hated for, for being effective. And so we need to understand that. The other thing is that not just abortion imagery is going to trigger a thought in their mind that they killed their baby and bring up all kinds of negative uh, responses in their minds. A lot of other things can do that. The sound of a vacuum cleaner may sound like the uh, suction machine uh, used in a, in a suction abortion. What about just a bumper sticker, a pro-life bumper sticker? That might also trigger or, 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 or make a post-abortive uh, parent upset. So there are a lot of things that can and cause that. Uh, we just don't want to cater our message based on the reactions of others. Um, let me move on to one that I think we hear very often, and that is, what if children see these? Well, let me just be clear. Uh, you know, People will say, well, children shouldn't see these. They're too young. Uh, to understand what what's going on in these photos, they might be traumatizing to the young person. Uh, this is what we hear often, right? Now, a couple things on this. First of all, we don't target children. I mean, we go to college and high school campuses, but we also understand with some of our under other types of display methods that children are inevitably going to see these images. We get that. So, a couple points there. First of all, if it's the public policy of America. America's government to kill babies, then the babies should be shown publicly. We'll quit showing babies when they stop killing babies. How's that? We'll quit showing the battered, dismembered bodies of unborn children when they stop killing them. I, I, that's a trade-off I'll take. How about this? Children, in my experience, are not traumatized by these photos. Not at all. In fact, they will look at these photos and they will say to their parent, to their mother or father or whoever's standing there. What happened to the baby? Why is the baby hurt, mommy? Well, I mean, that's the, the innocence of a child, just trying to look at the photo and trying to figure it out. Now, if the parents are pro-life, they're going to say, well, this is an evil world. Bad things happen to people. And some people harm children to the extent that they actually kill them. But I can guarantee you, you know, son or daughter, that this will never happen to you. In fact, I'm dedicated my life to being pro-life. I will defend children just like these, just as I will defend you. Now, if that's the way it's explained to a young person, to a child, then they're not going to be traumatized by that at all. What they'll be traumatized by is that if, if, if their parent justifies what's in that photograph, that would be traumatizing. So I have never seen a child traumatized by an abortion image. If put in the right context by the parent, children reason to the understanding that there are evil things that take place in the world, and this is not going to happen to them. Now, finally, that people will say, 
this is unloving. Well, is it unloving? Is it unloving to the unborn baby to defend them in this way? I'd say not. And it's not unloving to those out there who are complicit in this or complacent, right? It would be unloving to do nothing about it. The Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. That's what we do with abortion victim photography. So finally, let me say this. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus use graphic images to make his point? Well, I think the, the, the answer is obvious. He already did. He already did. Jesus used a bloody image. That was him himself hanging on the cross to make his case against human sin, that there had to be a savior who came into the world, who died, was resurrected, and now lives on the is it resides on the on the right hand of the Father. So we know that that Jesus used bloody images to make his point, and therefore I think we are justified in doing the same. Finally, if you want more information, you can pick up the book by Jonathan Van Maren by going to our store at createdequal.org. That's createdequal.org. Also subscribe to our podcast. We are on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the popular podcasting platforms. And if you want to get your hands on some of these drop cards that have victim imagery on them, you can also go to our store at createdequal.org. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.